This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1050, Ethos, Pathos, Logos, The Three Modes of Persuasion, by Arthur of theartofliving.com. Hello, everybody. Your host and narrator, Greg Audino here. I'm the guy who narrates relationship content for you six days out of the week and answers your questions about relationships in our Saturday Q&A episodes. If you've got a relationship question or problem that you'd like my help with, you can email it to advice at oldpodcast.com. But otherwise, we're going to jump right into this wonderful post from Arthur of The Art of Living and optimize your life. Ethos, Pathos, Logos, The Three Modes of Persuasion by Arthur of theartofliving.com There's a war going on all around you, and it's a war of persuasion. In these updates, I try to persuade you to take action. I try to convince you that reading more, learning faster, and being more productive are worthwhile goals, that pursuing them is the fastest and easiest way to master your health, wealth, and relationships. But I'm not the only one out there. From politicians to charities to businesses, from your friends, family, and colleagues to people you've never even met, everyone is constantly at it. Everyone is trying to influence your goals and your actions, whether they know it or not, whether they choose to admit it. Everyone is trying to change what you think or believe to be true. Now, there are many ways that they do this, from the noble to the downright despicable. And our knowledge of how people influence and are influenced by others gets deeper and more nuanced every day. But in this update, I want to talk about the three modes of persuasion first laid down by Aristotle in his rhetoric, an ancient Greek treatise on persuasion that's around 2,500 years old. I want to talk about ethos, pathos, and logos. What are ethos, pathos, and logos? Ethos, pathos, and logos are awesome. Think of them as a three-step checklist you can run through whenever you're trying to convince or resist being convinced. Ethos is establishing credibility, integrity, and trust. Pathos is connecting with and stoking emotion. And logos is laying out evidence, logic, and reasoning. They're the three pillars of persuasion. You'll find them in anything, from good speeches to good emails to good marketing, and mastering them is absolutely critical. Let's look at some real-world examples. Examples of Ethos, Pathos, and Logos To really understand Ethos, Pathos, and Logos, it's helpful to see them at work. For example, here's an eight-step framework I often use when I write The Art of Living's updates. Backstory. Why should you listen to me? Desire. What did I want? How did it feel? Wall, what forced me to change? Epiphany, when did lightning strike? Plan, 
How exactly did I fix it? Conflict. How did I overcome resistance? Achievement. What happened in the end? And transformation. What changed and went from A to B? If this pattern seems familiar, it's because pretty much every good book, film, or piece of marketing ever created follows this exact hero's journey. Next time you're reading a book or watching a movie, have a go at matching the plot to these steps. You'll be amazed at how things fit into place. Anyway, what I really want to show you is that every part of this time-tested framework fits neatly into ethos or pathos or logos. In step one, backstory, I appeal to ethos. I explain how I or someone else has been there and done that. I build credibility and trust that I know what I'm talking about. In steps two, three, and four, desire, wall, epiphany, I appeal to pathos. I explore the emotions, often frustration, realization, and relief that I went through as I found the solution. In steps five and six, plan and conflict, I appeal to logos. I lay out the solution step-by-step, then anticipate and solve complications. And in steps seven and eight, achievement, transformation, I appeal back to pathos. I stoke as much desire and excitement as I can to encourage you to take action. It's pretty cool, right? But it's not just limited to my updates. How about Lincoln in his Gettysburg Address? Quote, Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation, or any nation so conceived and so dedicated, can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives, that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note, nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they here gave the last full measure of devotion that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. End quote. Ethos, appealing to the past and God creates trust and credibility. Pathos, emphasizing struggle and sacrifice appeals to honor and pride. Logos, laying out the next steps, that we here highly resolve, speaks to reasoning. And it doesn't stop there. As you go through your day today, take a closer look at the most powerful stories you hear, marketing messages you see, and requests people make of you. Pay attention to what people say and how they say it. Look out for the three modes of persuasion all around you, and you'll start seeing people in places and events in a whole different way. Why ethos, pathos, and logos really matter. Hopefully, it's obvious why ethos, pathos, and logos are so important. The three modes of persuasion are a powerful way to help you persuade others more easily 
as well as discern and dissect and diffuse the ways others persuade you. But, as I close out today's update, I'd like to suggest one more use case, and it's perhaps the most valuable too. Because here's the thing, while you're constantly surrounded by storytelling, by far the most pivotal stories you listen to are the stories you tell about you. They are the stories that convince you, I'm not, or I can't, or I shouldn't. And for most people, they're incredibly frustrating. Because no matter how hard they try to escape them, no matter how much they wish they could change, they're constantly dragged back by the gravity of these self-proclaimed truths. So what's the answer? (laughs) Good question. I'm glad that you asked. Because the answer is surprisingly simple. The answer is to use ethos and pathos and logos to tell better stories. It's to get better at hunting the beliefs that aren't serving you, understanding what makes them convincing, and crafting a counterpunch that's powerful enough to break through. The reason ethos, pathos, and logos really matter is they help you to outpersuade you. You just listened to the post titled Ethos, Pathos, Logos, The Three Modes of Persuasion by Arthur of theartofliving.com. Marvelous write-up from Arthur today. So thankful to be sharing his work here and on OLD over the last couple of months. The way he's intertwined the truths of persuasion with how we can use it to our benefit in a truly meaningful way is so great to see. And a reminder of how many things that we might feel are slimy uh, can indeed yield good, wholesome results. But with great power comes great responsibility, right? So now that we know this, the question becomes... How can we use it to persuade people in ways that are good for the soul? How can we understand the unique troubles being faced by those we want to help and recognize what sources of credibility they'll identify with, what types of connection they'll respond to, and what pieces of evidence they'll believe in? We may have a good idea of how to persuade, but we also must consider what moment our peers are in and how they might not be receptive to our pitches necessarily. Maybe they're more trusting of a therapist than a friend. We can recommend a therapist. Maybe they can learn better visually, so we can draw out what we're trying to help them with. And on and on. So, food for thought today after an educational and insightful read from Arthur. I hope you liked it as much as I did, and I do hope you'll be back for another post tomorrow from Shelby Forsythia. Enjoy what's left of the weekend, everyone, and I'll see you there tomorrow, where your optimal life awaits.